My name is Andy Field. You're listening to the Emerald Podcast Network. Hello, you're listening to the Emerald Podcast Network. This is Matthew Brock, Associate Editor for ANC for the Daily Emerald. And I am Dana Alston, Senior Arts and Culture Writer for the Daily Emerald. And today, Matt, we have a subject that's pretty near and dear to our hearts. Yep, we're going to be talking about video games, but a certain aspect of video games. We're going to be talking about the bad guys, the big thing you're always working towards, the person you're trying to take down. Video game villains, to use alliteration. Yeah. So, Dana, what are a couple of your favorite video game villains? Um, okay, so I should I should give a brief explanation before I go into it because a lot of people may be expecting some classics like Bowser or Ganon to show up on my list. Um, like, my first video game that I remember playing was Tie the Tasmanian Tiger <laughs> on the GameCube, and that's not exactly a classic by most people's standards. I mean, it featured a guy with a horrific Australian accent throwing boomerangs at lizards and (laughs) it just rattled my seven year old brain. So, um, I uh, probably the one that comes to to come to comes to mind immediately, both for its, both for his general villainy, but also artistic implications is Andrew Ryan from the, from Bioshock. Bioshock. Um, I mean, Bioshock was created by a guy named Ken Levine who was responsible for a bunch of, revolutionary techniques used in video games in the 90s mm. uh he came i mean he came to permanent pro- further prominence with this video game which was kind of a blockbuster yeah it's and, kind of a it's kind of the spiritual successor to uh, system shock which also has probably one of the best villains around with uh shodan yeah shodan right um so bioshock takes place um in 1960 you were a guy who in the opening is shown flying a passenger on a plane and the plane mysteriously crashes in the middle of the ocean. You're the only survivor, and you come across a lighthouse, which takes you down to an underwater city called Rapture, which was built, well, funded, um, and built by a mogul named Andrew Ryan. Yeah, and he gives, he gives you kind of his big uh, monologue and kind of outlaying his ideals and kind of his vision for this underwater city. But, of course, when you get down there, things aren't quite as... Uh, utopian as he kind of describes it right so it's worth noting that um this is the first video game that i encountered in my experience playing video games that like had a very clear thematic philosophy to it yeah in in that like andrew ryan is um like you could rearrange it includes many of the letters of the name from the name of Anne rand who was a famous Mm -hmm. russian author slash philosopher um her philosophy was extremely isolationist and libertarian um the idea that greed is good that everyone acting in their own self-interest would would eventually elevate society yeah basically if you act for yourself you're doing everyone else a good a service um andrew ryan takes that philosophy to the extreme and i think in in many ways it's a critique of it because he builds rapture this massive underwater city as a way for scientists to meet and do science completely isolated from everyone else he gave he unshackled um the great thinkers of the day from all of these you know crazy things that get in the way like morals yeah Um, and in a lot of ways it uh it backfires on him with the many different uh well obviously things don't work out in rapture and you get some of these free thinkers deciding they think better than ryan does right ryan is kind of paralleled with uh atlas who's kind of 
in a lot of ways is opposite. He's kind of a uh, he he. I think he embodies a lot of Ryan's ideals, but he also goes along the lines of doing executing him in a way that's like opposite of how Ryan does. And he's well, yeah, I, I think so. Ryan is. I mean, for anyone who's not played the game, when you arrive to Rapture, it, it's clear that things have gone to hell and people are a lot of the people have gone insane from not seeing above the surface of the water for years and years and years among other things right you know <laughs> like scientists who have come up with like genetic modification have genetically modified themselves a lot of people are monstrous you encounter some frightening situations here or there i.e. the entire game um and Ryan is sort of this like king of the monsters almost. He he like he is unchanged himself, but he he's so resistant to anyone attacking his philosophy that when he encounters you, he makes you his enemy. Yeah. And I think I think there's a lot to be said towards kind of how Ryan is executed in terms of he's not really a boss per se, you know? You never right. really you don't really fight him in the game as opposed to a lot of other villains in the game. They are these big bosses that you have this big climactic final battle with. And I think sort of something you need to consider about video games, sort of part of what makes Ganondorf so popular, what makes Bowser so popular is, you know, you have to fight them. And a lot of times it's a difficult fight. And a lot of that, you know, kind of animosity you have towards them comes more from how they're defeating you or how they're like the actual things they do in the game. Like Andrew Ryan is a very good, very well-written um, villain, but you don't get a lot of that. Like he's not directly doing thing towards you. It's right. more the, his actions that are causing you all these problems or the, his actions away from you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what, what about you? What's your favorite video game villain, Matt? Oh, such a loaded question. <laughs> um, Shodan is certainly up there just what? because of, uh, Spoilers, but you don't really know it's She's, her. She is from System Shock 2, yeah, which System eventually Shock 2. gave birth to Bioshock, the game we were just yeah. talking about. Just and uh, and in a lot of ways, uh, Portal and Portal 2, which we'll talk about a little later. Yeah. But um, she does. she's very manipulative. And again, she's very, very similar to Andrew Ryan in that a lot of what she's done isn't directly... She hasn't done it directly. It's more of her actions have the far-reaching consequences. Yeah, well, we should... I mean, a little bit of spoilers here, but Shodan ends up being an artificial intelligence installed yeah. in this police station who's been inadvertently terrorizing you. Yeah, um, and then in System Shock 2, more of on the line of manipulating you and using you. At first, she's posing as this other character who you, li- you literally find out later is dead, and she's kind of... Little Mermaid-esque stole on her voice to manipulate you, but... Right. Um, it It's interesting that you brought up Shodan and the fact that we bring up these two games that are very... Oh, that are linked. Yeah. Um, I mean, they are made by essentially the same developer studio. Um, I mean, a decade or so in between, but yeah, still... Yeah, it's I more mean, of the people who made System Shock down the line ended up the same team that made Bioshock. It's very much, Bioshock is very much a spiritual successor to System Shock, even though there's a lot of thematic opposites, you know, one being steampunk and the other being cyberpunk. Right, sure. Um, But I I think it's really interesting you brought up Shodan because Shodan in many ways is a predecessor to what Ryan would be. In the, I mean, you mentioned that 
you never you never physically encounter the villain in either of these games, right? Um, yeah. I mean, Bioshock kind of because Andrew Ryan dies about two thirds through the game, and then the real villain eventually yeah. reveals himself. But, um, like the 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 villain that you expect to see, the boss at the end of the level, if you were, never actually like throws a punch at you or tries to directly attack you and you know until the very end that is right um and it brings up this interesting thing like what makes a great villain it used to be this it it used to be that a great villain means a hulking monster that you you know feel extremely satisfied to take down bowser i mean bowser ganondorf in mario and zelda games it's usually a gigantic climactic battle between those between those two characters um the villain is almost always wins. I think. Well, I mean, always wins. Uh, or excuse me, the hero, the hero always, always wins. wins. Sometimes the villain wins, but we won't go into that. <laughs> right. Um, and it, you know, System Shock and Bioshock. You see the villain pretty near the beginning of the game, at least in the case of Bioshock. Like yeah. he, Andrew Ryan is the introductory voice leading you to this underwater city, but um, it's. I mean, it's not a gigantic battle that that um brings him down. You know, it's it, it, the game. The these games are more about making an artistic point than yeah. necessarily like crafting a big adventure. Yeah, and sort of kind of tr- to transition to uh, Portal, um, Glados, who is the artificial intelligence in that game, and very much takes a lot of inspiration from Shodan. Um, you do get to uh, confront her at the end, kind of her like gigantic metal chassis of a gigantic supercomputer ai and um i'd say her, her boss fight is fairly difficult and frustrating like you feel right. very satisfied defeating her because not all you basically outsmart her right. for the most part which yeah. is very satisfying you're right and you know it, portal's an interesting choice to bring up or it, portal's an interesting game to bring up because it, that that game is based less I mean, Gladys's menace is based less on villainy mm. and like outright insanity. Like, in, outright insanity and more. I mean, she's corrupt. She's a corrupt AI, but yeah. she's extremely sassy and hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, the premise of that game is that you're put through a bunch of different chambers, and she says through one of them that like failure to complete this test will result in an unsatisfactory mark in your official testing record, followed by death. Yeah. Like, and, and it's also at first like you might not even know that she's a villain or even has a personality at, at first it's like oh it's just an announcement it's like oh this announcement has a personality to it oh whatever's making this announcement wants to murder me by throwing me in a fire pit. yeah you you gradually uh discover over the course of the games i want to say that it's really short it's like you can yeah. beat it in less than an hour if you want um to. I get. I'd say if you're, yeah, if you really, if you know what you're doing ahead of time, an hour. I'd say two hours if you take a little time to right. explore and all that. So like you, you expect it just to be this voice over the intercom. That's like it's like a you expect it to be a pre-recorded message. Yeah. And then gradually, as you escape the clutches of these tests, and you, um, escape you escape the clutches of these tests, and you forge a new path that isn't supposed to exist. She grows increasingly frustrated. Yeah. And starts to break down and um and then that leads into the second game where she's like outright villainous yeah well in the the second game gets really interesting because 
again, the supercomputer is put in a position where she's not as powerful as she used to be. Right. And then um, she swaps roles with this, a similar AI, but this AI is a total moron and mm. doesn't have the mental capacity to do what GLaDOS does. That's Wheatley, voiced by the great Stephen Merchant. Oh, such a great voice actor. But, um, And what he does is he puts this hu- this consciousness of a huge super AI into a potato battery. <laughs> and if she thinks too hard, she dies for a little bit. Right. Um, as Gladys describes, Wheatley is um, Wheatley is a part of Glados that was that the scientists of the facility added to make Glados dumber so that she wouldn't try to kill them all. Yeah. So, so in her words, he's the moron who is literally designed to make other people morons. <laughs> yeah, and and kind of in regards to that, it's like she's so smart that they put all these different personality cores on her to like why don't you not kill the humans or how about there's not a like we give you some reason that you don't want to kill the humans like making you really stupid what what's interesting about wheatley is he kind of gains your trust at the like he's your friend like the first half of the game he really gains your trust and he's like like, he's dumb yeah like but he's dumb but in like a lovable kind of way yeah he's extremely endearing and of course as soon as he has as much power as glados does he begins to see things in a bit of a new light and decides that your friendship is a little too patronizing for him right. even though you know you're a silent protagonist yeah absolutely so i mean glados and wheatley are are great examples of how humor can be used to make someone evil while still developing a connection between that person and the character because ultimately in my opinion in order for a villain to be great you have to see something of yourself in them yeah and i think they also kind of in a lot of ways, they have the best of both worlds, both of like a Legend of Zelda type villain and an Andrew Ryan type villain, mm-hmm. because they do like active stuff to you, but you do get to have, they, they do a lot of manipulative stuff, but they also do a lot of active stuff. And you get to have that big final boss battle yeah. where you like outsmart them. Absolutely. So. Yeah. I think it's fair to say that... Um like as video games go along, villains will also progress, and yeah. I'm ex- I'm definitely excited to see where we go from here. Um, if they manage, I mean, if they continue along the path they're going, I think there's great things for video game villains in the future. If they take a wild diversion path, like say from Bowser to something like Glados, I'm also extremely excited to see where I'm also extremely excited to see where that goes. Yeah, I'm excited uh, for a lot more manipulation, trickery, and great boss battles. Absolutely. So yeah. That's our spiel on video game villains. My name is Matthew Brock. I'm Dana Alston. And you've been listening to the Emerald Podcast Network.